You know, the generosity of God should motivate us to liberality. Just as the fragrance of a rose clings to the hand of the giver, so a generous spirit is a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God, says Paul. I want to ask you, do you have a generous impulse? I'm talking about that today on Dayspring. Welcome to Dayspring, the broadcast that teaches from God's Word that He has a plan for you, my friend. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. That's His Word in Jeremiah 29. Hi, everybody. I'm Joe Alcorn, your program host. Well, we've got a great worship service planned today, and I hope that you'll be more than just a spectator, but a participator in worship as we invite His presence for the next 30 minutes. Rex will be speaking on a message titled, Generous Impulse. In fact, Rex is here right now and anxious to give his many friends a special greeting. But first, let's celebrate a collection of Mosey Lister songs in this medley.
And thank you very much, singer. Say, if you've just tuned our way, this is Dayspring. And now here's Rex to share his heart. Ah, thank you so much, Joe. And thank you, my friend, for being with us today for this great worldwide worship service that we call Dayspring, Teaching God's Standard for Holy Living. You know, I am holding in my hand something that uh, I think every one of you would just treasure. And I mean that in the right sense of the word because it's not extremely expensive. It's not an heirloom, but it's a children's book. It's a book that you can share with your little ones, your grandchildren, maybe a friend's child, maybe maybe your own son or daughter. It's called The Prayer of Jabez for Little Ones. You and I have uh, certainly heard of, and probably most of us have read, Bruce Wilkinson's great classic, The Prayer of Jabez. Since it uh, hit the market uh, a little over a year ago, somewhere over six and a half million copies of that 96-page book have uh, been sold. It's uh, an all-time bestseller. Well, since that time, the publishers have uh, kind of given us one for kids and one for little ones. And during this season of giving, when you're looking for a gift to give to uh, a child, maybe a child in your Sunday school class, maybe uh, a neighbor child, maybe one of your own, here is a perfect gift. It's so beautifully illustrated, and uh, the... Uh, the pages are kind of a hard cardboard so that that little guy can get a hold of this and, you know, <laughs> he can be rough with it and it's okay. And the pictures are just gorgeous. I want you to have it. I, I so recall reading to our own children and uh, now we're getting ready to begin to read to our grandchildren. But one of the things I remember was that uh, after we had read to them so many times, they would read those books back to us. I mean, they'd look at the pictures. They knew them. <laughs> Wouldn't it be wonderful that along with all the cute little children's books that you have, you could cuddle that little boy or girl next to you, and he would start to open these pages up, look at the pictures, and read back this great prayer, the prayer of Jabez. I want you to have it. In order to receive it, if you'll share a gift during this month, we will so appreciate it. Now, my friend, when I say share a gift, I, I really do ask you to do that. Since September 11th, our mail has been down significantly. And we're thankful. We're so thankful for people that are giving to the cause of helping victims, families, uh, firefighters, police in New York, and the cause of uh, rebuilding this nation. Thank you. We're so glad you're doing that. We just ask that you help us continue to reach out during these days. We need your help to touch people who are hurting, to touch needy lives right now at this time. So your gift is so meaningful. And can I tell you something? If you will mark it as such, we have just had a very wonderful thing happen. Some friends of Dayspring have made available a gift of $10,000, but we must match it. And for every 
gift that we raise, then we get the equal amount of uh, that given. So, when you give, your gift can be doubled right now. Just mark it matching gift, okay? My goodness, I can't think of anything any better. I mean, that literally makes your gift so much greater, whatever size it is. All right? Well, thank you so much. Here's Joe Alcorn to tell you how that uh, you can receive the prayer of Jabez for little ones and what our address is. Thank you, Rex. We're excited to introduce the prayer of Jabez for the whole family, but today we're offering the prayer of Jabez for toddlers as you contribute to this ongoing ministry. The Prayer of Jabez for Toddlers is a colorfully illustrated book with language just for the little ones and would make a wonderful Christmas gift. We'd also like to announce that our web store is offering 10% off all products purchased online during this time of year. Our website address is www.dayspringradio.com. That's www.dayspringradio.com. And if you'd just like to order by our mailing address, it's Dayspring. Post Office Box 56300, Portland, Oregon, 97238. Say, if you'd like to send Rex a personal note, you can email him, rex at dayspringradio.com. And now, here's Rex with today's message, A Generous Impulse. My old mentor, George Sweeting, who for many years was the president of Moody Bible Institute in Chicago, used to tell a story that came right out of his childhood. I'll never forget it. I loved it. He said, Occasionally, I recall my Scottish mother in her lilting brogue urging her children to seldom repress a generous impulse. (laughs) I love that. I love that. And I smile as I think of frugal Scots being encouraged to generosity. But George Sweeting says we were. Mother was not merely passing on a folk saying to her children. She was sharing a biblical principle. She taught us to cultivate a generous spirit because it was a reflection of the limitless generosity of God. I've thought of those words of George Sweeting many times. You know, most of us have been refreshed by the words of the psalmist. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. That's Psalm 23, verse 5. It's the nature of God to give us a full, overflowing cup of goodness and mercy. When Solomon was chosen king by God, he asked the Lord for an understanding heart. God was pleased with his request. So pleased, in fact, my friend, that in addition to a wise and understanding heart, the Lord also gave Solomon what he did not request— Great riches and honor. Luke tells us that the way we give is the way we get, in this life as well as in the next. You know what he says in chapter 6? Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Now, a measure is a standard, like a quart or a gallon. Some merchants give cautiously, while others were stingy or dishonest. They didn't give beyond measure. Now, Jesus told them that the way they gave was the way they would receive. Occasionally, 
I think of the cross of Christ as a giant plus sign announcing God's infinite, matchless, abounding love for sinners. In John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus promised his followers abundant life. And the word abundant comes from a Latin word meaning copious, profuse, overflowing. It pictures an ocean wave overflowing in every direction. Jesus stated that his purpose in coming was to give us that kind of overflowing life. The generosity of God should motivate you and me to liberality. Just as the fragrance of a rose clings to the hand of the giver, so a generous spirit is a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. The early Christians displayed that kind of generous impulse. I mean, they faced severe needs as the church expanded. Hey, my friend, they were in perilous times, turbulent times. Talk about terror. They understood what it was all about. Barnabas sold a field, and he gave the proceeds to the apostles. He was generous, not only with his money, but also with his life. Uh, you can read about it over in Mark chapter 15. He made a decision to give a second chance to a young man by the name of John Mark. You see, generosity was a trait of that apostolic church. He gave of his time. He gave of his means. He gave his love generously. Now, Luke could write of the thousands of new believers, and he said there were no needy persons among them. Acts chapter 4, verse 32 what a powerful verse that is. It says all believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of his possessions were his own, but they shared everything they had. Now, what happened as a result of that, my friend? Well, verse 33 of Acts 4 says, With great power the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and much grace was upon them all. There were no needy persons among them. For from time to time those who owned lands or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone as he had need. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that powerful? That's incredible. Acts chapter 6 also speaks of another layman who ministered from the overflow of his life. We read that Stephen was full of wisdom, full of faith, power, and the Holy Spirit. He knew God's generous supply. Stephen was full of wisdom. He was sensitive to the Holy Spirit. According to Acts chapter 7, he was familiar with the Bible. And we too could ask, am I full of wisdom? Am I growing? Do I know the Word of God? Stephen was full of wisdom. He was also full of faith. He knew that without faith it is impossible to please God. We begin our spiritual pilgrimage by faith, and we must also continue it by faith. Stephen was full of grace. He was full of wisdom. He was full of faith. He was full of grace. Oh, I love that word. That word originally spoke of balance, of symmetry, of charm. 
Paul took that word and poured it into the fullness of God's love and redemption for a lost world. Stephen's facial expression even reminded the opposition of an angel. You see, as he was stoned, God's abundant supply enabled his face to glow. (laughs) Isn't that marvelous? He was full of grace. He had that, that something about him, that balance, that symmetry, that charm, that fullness of God's love. Well, he was full of wisdom. Stephen was full of faith. He was full of grace. He was also full of power. He lived powerfully. He prayed powerfully. He preached powerfully. And friends, he died powerfully. God's abundance gave Stephen the inner strength to persevere in suffering. His life would have been quite ordinary apart from this infusion of divine power. Above and beyond all else, Stephen was full of the Holy Spirit. His wisdom, his faith, his grace, his power resulted from the indwelling Holy Spirit who enabled him to live abundantly. Now, when we come to the end of life, the question will not be how much we have gotten, but how much we have given. I heard a radio public service announcement recorded by Garrison Keeler some time ago in which he said, your kids are not going to remember you for that neat car that you had, that souped-up engine. They're not going to remember you for all of the toys and the trinkets that you had. They're going to remember you for how much you gave. Wow. Not for what you got. No, it'll not be how much we have that counts. It's not even going to be how much we've saved. It's going to be how much we have sacrificed. We are to be producers rather than parasites, givers rather than getters. Ah. And old Dr. George Sweeting as he closed his story of his Scottish mother, said in moments of reverie, I can still hear her enchanting voice, and also my heavenly father's gentle whisper challenging me to seldom repress a generous impulse. My friend, are you generous today with those around you? with those in need, with those that you can help. This is the time of year when we think of giving. One of the most beautiful things that I think has happened, especially since the tragedies of the twin trade towers, is that Americans have been opening their purses and pocketbooks in unprecedented number, giving to those who need help. I pray that it'll continue. I pray that around the world we'll sense a spirit of generosity. I read this some time ago. It's an interesting little story. It's called Cheap at Twice the Price. James Worsham says, Several times a week, Z.R. Word 
an old black preacher in the hills of Alabama, would come to my office asking for money for the church and for the children's home he had founded. Finally, one day, I got tired of it, and I said, Parson, you, you are all the time making demands on my time and my pocketbook for that church and for the children's home of yours, and I'm getting tired of it. I'm going to stop giving, and I'm going to stop right now. And my abruptness and unusual manner surprised and hurt him. As he sat there for a few moments in silence, I watched him. His head was as smooth as a billiard ball, because a gas explosion in the mine had burnt off all the hair, and it had never grown back. He had beautiful white teeth, and his eyes really got on fire when he was expounding the word. I recalled when I had asked him one day what the initials of his name stood for. He said, Z. Zachariah. And what is the R for, I questioned. And he replied, That's the Raya part. <laughs> Though lacking any formal education, he was a born orator and singer and had a wonderful memory. After hearing others preach, he would come back and deliver the same sermon to his flock. And as I thought of these things, I felt a bit sorry for hurting his feelings. He was fumbling for his hat in an embarrassed manner. And finally, he looked up. Haltingly, he said, Mr. Jim, I'd just like to tell you something. I think I understand exactly how you feel. I once had a little boy, and he was always making demands on my time and my pocketbook. It was a nickel here and a dime there and a quarter someplace else. There never seemed to be any let-up, and I was everlastingly being called upon for candy and peanuts, a pair of shoes, a hat, a suit of clothes, and, and many, many other things. And just when I thought... I had him all fixed up. I had it to do all over again. And he'd make demands on my time, too, in the evening. When I was all tired and worn out from my work in the mines, he'd climb up on my knee and I'd have to tell him stories. But, Mr. Jim, my little boy doesn't make any more demands on my pocketbook. He paused for a few moments and then he went on. My little boy is dead. And then directly he resumed, Mr. Jim, when this black man's church is dead, when they have nailed up the doors and boarded up the windows, there will be no more demands on your time or your pocketbook. But as long as it's a living force in this community, as long as that little children's home sits up there on the hill with its doors open... To the little helpless black folks of Alabama, it will not only make demands on your time and your pocketbook, but these demands may be greater as the years go by. And he got up, and he stood for a few moments gazing through the window at Red Mountain, and then slowly walked down the steps into the afternoon sunshine with quite a number more dollars than when he came in. And to this day, when I 
get exasperated at so many demands on my time and my pocketbook from churches and from missionaries and from Christian organizations. I think of that good man and I say to myself, when godless atheism has nailed up the doors and boarded up the windows of every church here, there will be no more demands on my pocketbook. Then I would wish I had given ten times as much. My friend, seldom repress a generous impulse. Give, and it shall be given. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Father, help us to hear your message today, and we will praise you forever and ever. Amen. Thank you, Rex. In our closing moments, I'd like to invite you again to order your copy of The Prayer of Jabez for Toddlers in time for Christmas. And also invite you to visit our web store where you can order this and all resource materials at 10% off if you order online. The web address is www.dayspringradio.com. And our regular address is Post Office Box 56300, Portland, Oregon, 97238. Well, thank you very much for the pleasure of your company today. And please join us again next week at this same time on this fine station for Dayspring. Spring. <music>